based on a children's cartoon series from the late 60s that only ran for four months with a total of 17 episodes. Disney's George of the Jungle hit theaters in the summer of 1997 to modest success. This film aimed to recapture the energy and comedic spirit of the original show in the live action medium. And with the inclusion of dozens and dozens of references, many would say they succeeded in creating a rather faithful adaptation, particularly regarding its title character, whose simple yet charming demeanor is as endearing as ever, thanks to the lovable performance of Brendan Fraser. So what possible hidden themes lay nestled within the jungle of this silly children's film? Let's take a swing on a vine as we sweep through this film to see what's it about. So what I'm saying is, watch out for that theme! Ah, nice. Thanks. I'm your host, Ricardo Blade Diaz. And I'm Seth Crow. And this is the What's It About Film Podcast, the show where two aspiring creatives aim to glean the meaning of it all through the media we consume, holding a mirror up to ourselves and seeing how it reflects in our own lives. Seth, how you doing? I'm all right, man. How are you? I'm doing good. So you picked George of the Jungle. Why? Why come? Um, I felt like we had been doing some pretty epic like archetypal typical films lately we have and i felt like we needed a break i felt like we needed to do something stupid and you know uh try instead of trying to glean from uh something huge we'll take something small and extrapolate from it you know Mm -hmm. go the other way as opposed to there's so much meaning in lord of the rings you know what I mean? So it's like you could get lost in trying to pull it out. Yes. Whereas George of the Jungle, not so much. So let's yeah, uh, yeah. let's 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 get the surgical probes out. And, and... <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely yeah. no. You make a good point. I mean, look, I looked back at uh, our last few episodes. We had, uh, you know, we got Scream. We have The Dark Knight. We have Batman. We have The Matrix. We have Lord of the Rings. We have. Uh, all kinds of, like you said, things that are very rich in in themes and thematics. With the Swiss Army Man, even even so, like even though that's a more off the beaten path film, very rich and deep in thematics. Uh, where we maybe only have like one, maybe two films that kind of lighten up on some of that. Things like Ice Age. Uh, so I was very excited to to jump into Georgia Jungle. Um, I used to love this movie as a kid. This is definitely one of those. VHS is that I had as a kid that I would pop in a lot. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that I had a huge crush on Leslie Mann growing up. Uh, she is gorgeous and lovable yeah. in this film. I love her. Uh, I love her to this day, but I was like, back then I had a huge crush on on that character. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, this is definitely a movie that I liked a lot as a kid. Um, how about you? What was your experience with this film? Uh, I rock, like strangely. I I could not stand this movie when I was little. Uh, my it was like my sister's favorite movie. Maybe that's why you couldn't stand it. Yeah, and she would just watch it on repeat, like just like over and over and over and over again. And I I don't know. Uh, there's something about it that still irks me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I picked it. I partially picked it because uh, Sarah wanted to watch it, and she loves it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. And I was like, well, maybe this time I'll, I'll appreciate it more. And there were things I appreciated about it, but like, I will agree. Uh, I still, it still gets on my nerves. <laughs> it, it, here's the thing. 
it's it's definitely a 90s children's film so it's like not like an amazing movie i think there's a lot of fun stuff in there but it definitely like it, you know it is what it is kind of thing um yeah. uh what are some of the elements that you found yourself appreciating now that you didn't appreciate before uh i mean the ape i love the ape uh I, the ape holds up you know um i think the cartoonness of the film is really well done mm-hmm. like you feel like you're in a cartoon but it's real life mm-hmm. uh but the, the, all the cartoon tropes are there you know mm-hmm. um and just like the meta nature of the narrative commentary i think is really cool um and you know I didn't know that this was the same cartoonist that did Rocky and Bullwinkle. So, I was just, I was going to bring that up a little bit later. Yeah. Same, same guy. So like knowing that I'm like, okay, I see where this fits better, mm-hmm. you know, than I did when I was a kid. But I will say, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I hated Saved by the, I hated, I hated Saved by the Bell. Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody loves Saved by the Bell, but I, I think I hate give or take. I hated it because it was like bad, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I knew then even it was bad. And, and <laughs> yeah, maybe that's saying something. I don't know. I just felt the same. I feel the same way about George the jungle. It's like, I knew this is, I knew it was dumb, you know? And, yeah. and it was just hard for me to be okay with like, he's got to hit the tree every time. Like every yes, time he does. That's his thing. Like, I don't think he knows how to stop otherwise. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. So that's my relationship with this movie. I I can totally feel that. I think for me, I haven't revisited this movie probably in maybe around like, it has to be at least like 15 years or so. Like it's been a while since I've seen this movie. Um, But you're right. Like some of the things I did really appreciate. I, I actually really enjoyed, like you said, the cartooniness of it. Like this is a live action cartoon, and they really hit that really, really well, and they played with it well. I think it yeah. they, some other movies and some other films try to do that and don't do it as well as this movie does. As far as like, no, this is a cartoon world that we're seeing in live action, um, and they did it. They did it good. Some of the effects hold up, like the uh, gorillas were Jim Henson suits, yeah, and with the animatronic faces, they still look pretty good as far as like, like, like special effects go. I was like. This still actually looks better than some CGI that you see in movies today. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, the uh, monkey, and, and they had a lot of real animals. Oh yeah, a lot so. of real, the toucans and the and the capuchin monkeys were real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, and you're right. The narrator stuff. I found myself chuckling a handful of times with the the bits with the narrator and things like that. Um, and yeah, I thought the humor, while it's definitely very silly for for children was good spirited and and surprisingly witty at times like it, it would get you with a with a joke every so often i'm like that's good that's clever way to go uh but yeah so like definitely can recognize that this is not a good movie <laughs> yeah but but can find enjoyment in it in lots of different areas um as far as like revisiting a childhood type of thing yeah. um but uh let's get into how was this film Sorry, let's get into how this film came to be. Uh, so, it was written by Dana Olson. Dana Olson 
who also wrote uh, Wacko, Going Berserk, The Burbs, Memoirs of the Invisible Man, Inspector Gadget, and is the co-creator of Nickelodeon's Henry Danger for any of our younger audiences out there who were Nickelodeon kids in like the early 2000s and stuff like that. Um, Dana Olson originally wrote uh, a Tarzan spoof type spec script uh, called Gorilla Boy. Uh, And he was shopping it around to different studios, specifically avoiding Disney because Disney owned the rights to George of the Jungle. And he assumed that they would not want to purchase another Tarzan style uh, a story. But eventually he did go up, get around to pitching to Disney and Disney bought it right away and then decided to take it and adapt it into what eventually became the George of the Jungle movie. Uh, they brought on a few other writers, particularly uh, the other credited writer on this film for the screenplay is Audrey Wells. Audrey Wells, who wrote The Truth About Cats and Dogs, Guinevere, The Kid, Bruce Willis, The Kid, uh, Under the Tuscan Sun, Shall We Dance, The Game Plan, The Rock, what, what, uh, A Dog's Purpose, uh, The Hate You Give, and Over the Moon. So uh, she's still making those children's films to this day, which I think is really interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, this film was also directed by Sam Weissman, who directed nearly 60 episodes of Family Ties. He directed... D2, The Mighty Ducks, which I love the Mighty Ducks franchise. Mm-hmm. Bye Bye Love, The Out of Towners, What's the Worst That Could Happen? And another film that I like that I know not a lot of other people like, Dickie Roberts, Former Child Star. Uh, okay, which one? Who, which one's that one? That's David Spade. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that Spade movie. Is, David Spade is hilarious. I like David Spade, yeah. not he did, For some reason, not everybody likes David Spade. But uh, yeah, you hit uh, the nail on the head with the, this uh, uh, George of the Jungle, the original series, ran for 17 episodes in 1967 from September, like early September to mid-December. And that's it. Wow. 17 episodes in the late 1960s and uh, <laughs> uh, made by made uh, and created by Jay Ward, who also did make and create the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Uh, for this film, for this George of the Jungle 1997 film, the presidents of the United States did the theme song. Okay. Uh, who also, you might know them, they did the song Peaches. Millions of Peaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Lump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lump. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's about all the, the background that goes in this film. It kind of had a very streamlined process. Disney owned the rights to George of the Jungle. They didn't have a script in place yet. Dana Olsen came in with a script that was similar enough to, to George of the Jungle. They took it, they brought in some new writers, readapted it to make it fit. But uh, apparently for fans of the original cartoon, they were pretty faithful in this adaptation and in including as much of that original cartoon as they possibly could. From, from characters and names and different bits, uh, they, yeah. they brought in a lot. Um, have yeah. you ever seen the original cartoon? I have not. I've seen clips, but I've never actually seen a full episode or like a, a full segment because they basically uh, George's Jungle aired with two other cartoons. So it was like three different cartoon shorts that were all aired together. Um, so I've, I've only seen clips of the original George's Jungle. I've never actually seen a full segment. So it's I mean, interesting. Yeah, I, honestly, I didn't like, – like rewatching this, I didn't realize it was a cartoon until mm-hmm. – like this is the only knowledge of it I had until this time. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's amazing what can, you know, one tiny little cartoon can eventually ripple out and, you know, mm-hmm. art can build on itself. Well, it's, it is very interesting. This is like a peek behind the industry a little bit for people at home that aren't involved with filmmaking or, or art in this way. Um, the things that you love as a kid are the things that get made into movies and TV shows, like re like reboots and things like that when yeah. you're an adult, because the people that watched and loved that thing when you were growing up are now the people who have the power to make stuff. Right. So like Sonic is like big again, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like when we were kids, Sonic was huge. Uh, um, for this movie, like, you know, it came out in the, in the late sixties, the film was made in 1997. So like, over 30 years, the kids who love George of the Jungle are now the kids who are wanting to make movies and stuff like that. So it's it it kind of really cyclical in that way. Sarah's Sarah's dad watched this with us and he's 81 or 80. So he loved it. You know, like Well, yeah, he was that's so interesting because he was like in yeah. his 20s, maybe like yeah. l- like or late teens when the cartoon was uh, that's so interesting. Yeah, so like I mean, he he was watching Rocky and Bullwinkle like this week on YouTube just on repeat, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we we play this movie and it's just it's so similar. Oh know? yeah, its humor is is spot on the same. A lot of word jokes, a lot of <laughs> word jokes. <laughs> a lot of, I like that the narrator plays with alliteration a lot. Like it just makes yeah. everything sound so punchy. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, that's the history of how this film got made. Um, and some people might say, like, kind of out of nowhere, honestly, because it's not like, you know, 17 episodes of a show in the 60s doesn't seem like it's so beloved in one way or another. Yeah. But you never know what, like, makes its way back um, eventually. Um, but now that we know how this film came to be, we got a little bit of our backgrounds on it. It's time for us to talk about what it's about. What did we get out of this film? And what did we take away? And what are we going to be bringing with us as we move forward in our lives after watching this film. So Seth, what's it about? Um, so I think I've, I've boiled it down to uh, the primal nature of comedy and love. So like there, like there are intrinsic comedic, rules that are bound to our human nature at a base level and i think this movie explores that with with comedy and also with love like the intrinsic human rules the just intrinsic human rules of primality is that how i want to say it, it still sounds diluted uh i think i wrote it down better rules of comedic oh here it is Rules of comedy, intrinsic in nature. Uh, yeah, and and like I think they mirror and parallel with the rules of love. Okay, uh, so you're saying this film is is you're going a little bit meta with this. So you're saying this film is about like as as Hitch might say, basic principles. Yeah, basic <laughs> principles. Yeah, basic principles of comedy, basic principles of love, and this film is meant to demonstrate the how 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 that is. Yeah, it's just it's just the basic principles of nature, right? Like George doesn't have to do anything. George is just lucky, I guess. You know, 
he he's just lucky, I guess. Which is re- really, it's just like the nature will play out the way it's meant to, mm-hmm. and and that you know to like step down from that a little bit. There's also like themes of like what is masculinity, and what should be masculinity. What's toxic masculinity? There mm-hmm. are those things in this, and like George, George is just a a, a jungle man, you know, mm-hmm. and and he is himself and because he is so tied to like so so unfettered and unfiltered his life just plays out the way it's supposed to and oh you know, i fall off tree and then good thing happened you know mm-hmm. like like he doesn't he doesn't judge his life as he's living it and mm-hmm. i think he just moves through the the world more the way we're supposed to mm-hmm. you know you, you for me you kind of hit what i was what i got out of this film a lot was like this idea of like identity in particular the this idea of you kind of are who you are and you can't really judge that and and i the way i wrote it down was um despite your setbacks be true to yourself so george like you said he's just moving through the jungle being who he is exp- just kind of interacting and he's constantly literally like you said, every time he has to hit a tree, every time he has yeah. to run into, yeah. yes, he does. <laughs> and he has to have these setbacks. He has to have something that stops him in his tracks. And yet George just moves forward. He yeah. says, okay, like I hit tree. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just keep on going. Like you can't let that stop you. And it doesn't change. Like he hits it and it doesn't change him in that, in that way. Um, these setbacks that he has, and I think there there is something really beautiful about his his spirit in that way. Um, to 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 pull back and and go into a little bit of craft stuff, this film is kind of a full triumphant story where you have a character whose innocence is their strength, where some might look at it as naivety. Um, it is their pureness of spirit that is actually their greatest ally, and I definitely think that embodies George. He is just empathetic and caring for everybody, everybody and everything, every animal, every person that he meets. Um, And it is he that goes into a new world and changes it for the better and then comes back slightly changed, slightly transmutated, but mostly a version of himself uh, that has made an effect on the world. Uh, He triumphs because he is a fool. Yeah. And I think the way I would actually describe this movie, it's not a funny movie. <laughs> it's a happy movie. It is. It is. The, the, the vibe is pretty infectious. Like you can't watch this movie. Like, even if you're like, this is stupid. Like you, it's hard to be miserable while watching this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, to me, that's where we're getting back to like the base of comedy. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, the intentions are happy intentions, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're like you're moving. We're it's like a the jokes in this movie are very very percussion, you know, boom boom, da dum tum tum, you know, like mm-hmm. watch I mean, out for that tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so like they're not they're not super witty. They are slapstick usually word mm-hmm. jokes. You know, like the ape really, the ape and the narrator really are the 
pinnacle mm-hmm. of comedy in terms of like wit and mm-hmm. but like i don't know as i was watching the movie like and watching these monkeys smile <laughs> you know and like do things like that like like it's just like no there there is this there like comedy there is intrinsic comedy in nature like there is this like spirit of comedy that is that transcends our own species you know like and that a monkey can pull off a joke you know what i mean so like so that was cool to me that that that's something that i find cool about this movie Mm -hmm. And, and you touched on this this one scene in this film that i think is the is literally the heart and crux of this entire movie the where the theme literally sits and it is that campfire dancing scene that you you kind of quoted a couple of times yeah um after ursula has been with george for a full day getting to know him a little bit um they have this campfire in the middle of the night and george uh, asks her to dance with him and she is like I'm, I'd be too embarrassed I don't want to and George doesn't even have a concept of what it is to be em- embarrassment he doesn't have even yeah. the idea of what he says what is embarrassed um, and she she goes through like being judged feeling stupid and George says no, no, no one's here to feel stupid for like there are no other yeah no feel stupid just George just George, exactly, uh, and and yeah. uh, uh, no one here to judge you. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the, he has that. The, he actually has like a very small, small little monologue, and 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 you you hit it really well. And it for me, it embodies the heart of this movie. Is George not feel stupid? Sometimes fall out of treehouse, but not feel stupid. Something good always happens after. George just yeah. lucky, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and it is this idea of he doesn't let a setback any obstacle that he comes up against whether it be a tree or falling out of a tree house looking stupid or silly he doesn't let that stop him he's just going right. to continue to move forward and exist and keep himself open to everything around him and he talks about how he has this little crocodile necklace on on him so this is the same scene his little uh, crocodile tooth necklace and Ursula's first instinct is, did you fight a crocodile for that? And he says, I didn't. George don't fight crocodile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crocodile had toothache. Yeah. George pulled it out. Crocodile gave it to George as gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good juju. Uh, and that's George's whole vibe is put out the care. He cares. He's, as the song says, friend to you and me. Yeah. Like he is your friend and him putting out the good juju and the good vibes comes back to him full circle, whether or not he's, he's running into a tree or falling out of a, a tree house or not. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, I guess how you, you, I mean, that's what we all should be doing, you know, like, like if you put out that positive energy, um, you're gonna, you're, that's what you're going to see, I guess, you know, it, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm bridging these, like, I, I digress. Please. 
no, 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 no. I think I think there, there's, and I think some. This is some people might push back against this of being like, oh, when you put just putting out good vibes in the world doesn't mean good things are going to happen to you, and that's that's right. true. That's absolutely true, and I think we see that with George. He does just come through the world with this open heart and this positivity, and he goes with, you know, he gets shot. Yeah. <laughs> Lao shoots him. Luckily, he doesn't get seriously hurt, but he does get shot. Like, some people would say that's not a very good thing. He is brought to the U.S., to San Francisco. He, again, is just approaching the world very open, and then he meets Ursula's mom, and Ursula's mom basically tells him that he's not good enough and never will be good enough for her daughter. And, like, that hurts him. Yeah. And so bad things can still happen, and you're still going to be faced with things that hurt you if you approach life in this way. But George immediately turns his attention to taking care of his friend when he hears that his friend's been ape-napped. Yeah. And through that, he's able to move through whatever he's going through. And then eventually, like he says, it just kind of works out. Something good always happens after. Yeah. I mean, George isn't the smartest either. So maybe he's, you know, his attention span seems. Well, you know, like fool triumphant. (laughs) He's the fool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. As comedians, I think we are trying to move through the world like George, right? Mm -hmm. Like. We run into these trees and then we try to look back on the tree and like make fun of the tree, <laughs> you know? You know? Yep. And, uh, and so, yeah. Uh, the, the, the thing I'm trying to like bridge here is like also this nature of, of human chemistry and how like, how two people just know, You know what I mean? Like, like the base, like this, just like the comedy, there's this percussion and we just, it, it is happy, you know, Mm -hmm. there is also explored how people, like how people engage in romantic interaction, you know? And it's like, uh, and it, it, it is a heartbeat kind of just Mm -hmm. like the comedy and and though it's not easy to navigate, I think the way George goes about it is the right way. Like if you if we compare it to Lyle, Lyle exactly. Lyle plays the perfect perfect foil for George. That's for sure. Like he's I I could not stand John Cena as this guy. Like there's just like even though who. It's John Cena. No, it? it's it's Hayden Church. Oh, Not John Cena. You thought that was John Cena? I thought that was John Cena. No, it's Thomas Hayden Church. Oh, my bad. Um, <laughs> That's okay, buddy. Either way, he's obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, he's really obnoxious, and like it's like it's like he's yeah he's a villain. You hate him, but I just I don't even like him his portrayal. Like it's just so, like <laughs> casual. But like, um, I don't know, like if you, if you take, if you take George and you take, uh, Lyle and you look at him, like Lyle is like trying to be something, you know, mm-hmm. 
like Lyle is putting on what he thinks is what the world wants him to be. Dude, it's okay. I literally wrote down all the exact. I said Lyle's putting on airs throughout this entire film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so and funny. George just is, you know. So like, of course. So, I want to know how she got together with Lyle in the first place. And what well, was she- uh, it, it's it's insinuated that it's almost like an arranged marriage. Yeah, like and what like was she it, doing out in Africa by herself, and then he just shows up. Right. So so. A little, oh, I forgot to do the summary plot summary for this movie. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll I'll record it and I'll and I'll put it up later. You kind of did it. You kind of already did it when you were yeah. describing what the bad things that happened to George. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Ursula comes from a wealthy family in San Francisco. A, you know, an elite, you know, a upper class elite family, uh, in that community. And it seems like her family paired her up with Lyle or at least like introduced them in hopes that they would have a relationship and get married as a social status thing. Yeah. I think Ursula probably grew up just being told what to do and like, Hey, just like do what I tell you to do. So she started a relationship. It's very clear. She doesn't like Lyle right off the bat. So like, I don't think this relationship was ever serious ever. Yeah. Uh, I think it literally was because her mom told her to right um so she goes to africa on an excursion as like a i just need to get away before i get married type of thing but really she's looking for something to ignite light her spark for life right uh so she goes on this excursion and lyle being the possessive guy that he is had to like crash her her awakening yeah yeah, because he just wants to exert that much control over her, um, so yeah. he just finds her. But the, basically, yeah, she's being forced into this relationship. She's just about to get married to this guy. And she do- knows it's not right, but she doesn't know what she wants instead. So she goes to Africa to to try and dis- rediscover what it is that she actually wants. Um, and she finds George. Yeah, which is lucky for her. <laughs> So, George is lucky, I guess. <laughs> George is lucky. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like if you're true, if you're true to yourself and you're true to this heartbeat that we're talking about, like I think things end up the way that they're supposed to, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, and we kind of know that this heartbeat is there through like through comedy, you know, through, through the things that we do draw meaning from in our, in our lives. And because it's like, it is repetitive. There is this, like, we are saying the same thing kind of over. No, we are. Yeah. You know, I mean, and even on this podcast, like we're talking about this heartbeat, you know, like, and, and we're talking about, we're talking about what, the thing is that's moving us in a positive direction, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this movie does a really good job of highlighting the simple things that can remind us, I think that that heartbeats there. Mm-hmm. 
I totally, I totally agree with you. And something that I found was really interesting is it also it's not only highlighting the good things; it's also presenting an idea of like what is the thing that's going to hurt you, right? There is a motif throughout this film of, and this is kind of a very like farcical tool, is like a a misrepresentation of what something is. So like we have a, a few instances where something is appears as something that it's not. So we get like. Of course, we have the mar- the marriage or the engagement of Lyle and, and Ursula being a sham in itself. It's not really a n- – Ursula in particular doesn't really want to be in that engagement. There's not love there. It's a sham. But like even more specifically and concrete, things like Lyle's gun. Uh, is He has a gun lighter, and he has a gun that looks exactly the same as his gun lighter to the point where he can't tell the difference between the two. Yeah. And it leads to George getting shot later. So there's this idea of this lighter looks like a gun, but it's just a lighter. It's harmless, right? It's like, oh, no, this – it's not. It's not harmless. And we get a very similar thing with, like, the the paths of the jungle being mislabeled, specifically intending to deceive. This yeah. is the shortcut. It's like it's not. It's not the shortcut. It's being misrepresented. Uh, and it just brings you right back to the treehouse. Shep, the elephant who – acts like a dog he's, yeah. he even though he's an elephant he's he's a dog like he that's how he behaves and that's what he does um and 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 then we even have a uh, ape having to pretend like he's not intelligent that he's not that he's not able to speak um in to keep ursula from having like a complete mental breakdown right, right. <laughs> he has to like pretend to be somebody else and we we see that that only leads to misunderstandings it leads to bad things happening. It leads to you not ending up where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a, again, it's a very farcical way of like presenting an idea of like repre- misrepresenting who you are, misrepresenting something is, is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a really, and they do it in so many different ways, which I think is really clever. I want to, I want to see the movie with Ape. I just want a movie where we hang out with him. When he's in Vegas? Yeah. Like, it's not unusual. I want to be I want a film noir set in Vegas where Ape is the like main character. <laughs> I used to grow up I used to be in the jungle. But let me tell you, there is no jungle quite like Vegas. <laughs> this city's bananas. <laughs> You want to talk? You want to talk about primal urges? Go no farther than the Vegas Strip, baby. <laughs> we just wrote a movie. We should write this movie. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Brendan Fraser in this movie is is I, I think that's why my sister and Sarah because he's he is sexy. Oh. Oh yeah, it's, not just not just. I mean, you you talked about touched on this a little bit, and this is something I wanted to to come back to. Tox an idea of toxic masculinity, or at least like masculinity in general. George is like peak masculine in in yeah. physique. He's yeah. ripped and he's he's strong and he's powerful and he, you know, steps up to like defend and protect people. Right there is this like this awesome masculine nature to him, but, but he's so. Sensitive and, and genuine at the same but time, but it's not—he's not like a musclehead. No, you know? he's just fit. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it's like he carries it the right way. It's not yes. forced. It's not. It's no. like no. This this athleticism has come from 
years and years of just being in the jungle, you know, mm-hmm. and eating the right food. And like, so like, it's kind of like, he's on that paleo diet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's organic. It's natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I mean, and that scene where he's like running with the horses, you know, yeah. like you can't, you can't not be a little like, so all the women are like, mm, and even I'm like, yeah 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 that's yeah, like guy i want to be i want to be well, what's so guy. funny is they even have him in that like like shirt and it's kind of open and it kind of is almost acting very similar to like the manes of the yeah. horses like yeah. in the way it like flows and moves so it looks like he's like one of the horses yeah yeah and it's like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i mean that's the ch- like we again i feel like i'm just convoluted in my thinking and and i'm not expressing myself well but it's like that that organic that true to nature is what we should be all striving for you know mm-hmm. like we're in a modern society but like at the same time there's something that like lines us up more with the moment and uh what we should be doing when we're we're back we're focused on like the true the truth right? Mm-hmm. Like the truth of the moment, the truth of who we are, the truth of comedy, you know, mm-hmm. like all of these things are this heartbeat. And when you're in line with them, I think the universe works better. Mm-hmm. You know? um, or at least your experience of it is more positive. Mm-hmm. You know, George, just lucky, I guess. I've always said, I've always said I'd rather be lucky than smart. Like I would, I, I, being lucky is way better than being. <laughs> uh, you know, some might disagree with you, but I understand what you're saying. Um, and you don't have to be smart if you're lucky. That's not true. You can get all the right answers and not know a dang thing. Yeah, luck runs out sometimes. <laughs> uh, but. There is a really, there was one joke in here that I thought was very, very clever. And it has to do with this idea of like gen, gender norms, masculinity and things like that. Uh, it's when uh, George is dressed, you know, just got out of the shower and is dresses in uh, Ursula's clothes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the narrator says, being of a conservative mind regarding gender roles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like Ursula is entrenched in this society that's that's very focused on the way that things are presented um and they do the movie does a really good job of like showing how she's caught between these two worlds um and so uh the it's funny that ursula doesn't like actually choose to go with george until her mom like screws up and says love (laughs) And so, like, it's almost like a defiance of her mother. Oh, yeah. That, that actually is the driving force. Oh, yeah. Funny, is... Oh, yeah. My mom doesn't like this. Ursula's getting to her rebellious phase. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, this, this movie is, is just is, – as much as, as silly and as lighthearted as it is, that for me, I did definitely find myself connecting with this idea of like, I wish, like you said, I wish it could be very much more like, like George in that when I hit a setback, when I hit something that, that gets in my way of, of bouncing off of it, standing up, 
saying, you know what, that's okay. I'm going to just get back, right back on the vine and keep going. Something yeah. good, something good always happens after, you yeah. know, like move forward, uh, move forward and, and don't let that thing stop you. Um, which I think is something that I, I've prided myself on being very strong minded in that, you know, we've talked a little bit about on this show before I've had setbacks in my life where I felt like I was working harder than other people or I felt like I was, I may have deserved something better and was completely disregarded. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it was like sports stuff, like growing up, like I, you know, I wasn't the best natural athlete, but I always worked really, really hard. And I was one of those kids that was like, I'm going to get better and earn and earn my spot. Right. Yeah. And to then just be disregarded and saying, man, none of that matters. It, it hurts. And it is, yeah. it is a setback and it does make you want to stop. Um, and I, even like as an actor, uh, I had the same thing when I was in college. I, it, it, I worked really, really hard. I came into acting late. So like, of course, I was not trained as well as everybody else, but I felt like I worked really, really hard. And, and sometimes it just was like, just not the right, maybe it just wasn't the right time. Maybe I just wasn't good enough, but sometimes it felt like other factors and that can be disheartening. Well, I think what, well, wait, so actually, I think this is like kind of cool. Um, so I think the important thing, the way to keep going and not be discouraged is just continue to do what comes natural, right? Mm -hmm. And like, George doesn't belong in San Francisco. Mm -mm. You know, like, he over like a long term, he shouldn't be in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. He needs to be in the, he's the king of the jungle. The dude's mm -hmm. the king of the jungle. So like, maybe he had to go to San Francisco to realize he needed to stay in the jungle, mm -hmm. you know, who knows. But the point is, like, as long as you continue to do what comes natural, you'll naturally find your place. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, it, whether it's acting or comedy, or, you know, D&D &D or, or whatever, like, though, you might not fit there totally. If you keep doing what comes naturally, you will make a place you fit, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and the, I think the universe will assist you in that. I hope. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Awesome. I think we're coming to a, a natural conclusion yeah. here. Um, any, any final thoughts on George of the Jungle? Um, I think we, we were able to find something that actually I think is very prevalent in, in our lives as far as like artists go. We yeah. are going to be hitting trees left and right, people stopping us. But you're like you said, it, you keep going with the thing that feels right to you and feels natural to you. Eventually, something good happen after. Yeah, something <laughs> good happen after. Yeah. It may not be what you think, but right. some, something good happen after. Yeah, for sure. Any final thoughts, Seth? Uh, no. no. Okay. No final thoughts. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so – we have a new film that we're going to be watching next week. It's my turn to pick, and I was prepared this time. Yay! Yay! Uh, so, uh, The Ambulance is coming out this week, um, which is Michael Bay's new movie. 
and so I thought it might be a good idea to take this opportunity to watch a Michael Bay film. Oh no. Why oh no? <laughs> Why oh no? I you know, Michael Bay is there's a there's a formula with the Michael Bay movie. You don't even know which one I'm gonna pick. You're right. I, I'm open. I'm Transformers, open. Dark of the Moon. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> um I no. there's some of Michael Bay's movies that I I actually genuinely really, really love um, The Rock being one of them. I love The Rock. I think that's a phenomenal movie. I love the Bad Boys franchise. I think the Bad Boys franchise is, is great. Um, big, one of my favorite movies of all time, Guilty Pleasure, Armageddon. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. However, we've like you were saying earlier, we've been watching some, a lot of like grittier action type movies lately. Yeah. Um, and so I think I wanted to step away from that uh, and focus a little bit more on something maybe just just a little bit more uh, uh, out of left field. And okay. so we're going to be watching Pain and Gain. Pain and Gain. Pain and Gain. I don't. I have no idea. I'm, I've never heard of this movie. Ah, it came out in 2013. Stars Mark Wahlberg, Dwayne Johnson, and Anthony Mackie. Oh, wow. They're, oh, they're, these, so the cast these... of The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Well, it's Mark Wahlberg's never been in Fast and the Furious, and neither has Anthony Mackie. Oh, oh, I can't believe. Really? Mark Wahlberg's never been in the Fast and the Furious? Not that I can that's think a, of. That's a miss. He's been in all the Transformer movies. Oh, that's okay. He's been in a, he's been a handful of Transformer movies, but he, I don't think he's been in a Fast and the Furious movie. I'm double checking because now you're making me second guess myself. I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, it just seems like he would be, though. It's if, if he, you're right. He, it does. He does seem to suit that, but no, he is not. No. Good. Okay. Okay. Uh, but we'll be watching Pain and Gain. Uh, you guys can find Pain and Gain if you're watching along at home. You can find Pain and Gain on a lot of different places. Uh, so you can rent it uh, on Vudu or Apple TV. Uh, you can uh, also rent it on YouTube. Uh, Google Play, and it's also available if you have a uh, Paramount Plus subscription, Amazon Prime, uh, or Roku. Uh, So there are lots of different places to watch it. We'll be watching uh, Michael Bay's Pain and Gain uh, for next week. And I'm interested, Seth, if you've never even heard of it or never even seen it, I'm excited to hear what you're going to think. Because it's definitely, it's a Michael Bay movie, but it's definitely a different kind of Michael Bay movie. Okay, cool. So I'm I'm excited to hear what you think. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening uh, at home. Seth, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, uh, you can check out the Crowcast, which I'm trying to have been slacking, so I need to get on that. But uh, the Crowcast is uh, the, and then Crowcast, one word, C-R-O-W-E-C-A-S-T. You can find that on Apple Music and Spotify. Awesome. And I am Ricardo Blade Diaz. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook uh, at Ricardo Blade Diaz, R-I-C-A-R-D-O-B-L-A-Y-D-E-D-I-A-Z. And you can find both me and Seth on our Dungeons & Dragons show, uh, Dungeons & Dragons channel, Character Player. That is at Character Player on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, and YouTube. C-H-A-R-A-C-T-E-R-P-L-A-Y-E-R. Character Player. All one word. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening at home. Uh, We will see you again. Bye. Adios.